Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Welcome back to the show here, and thank you as always for joining me. And uh, we've got a lot of different information to go over today, as we always do. But uh, first off, I wanted to give another shout out to uh, our group member, Glenn, for uh, publishing his first book. And uh, it is on Amazon. I was uh, able to read some of the free version that he had posted last week. I hope that you guys got out to do that as well. But uh, I did go ahead and order a copy of that book. So, Glenn, I'm going to get reading on this one. I'm not a huge reader, but I'm going to read through this one. So, uh, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, got it here. So we're going to get through that uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Uh, like I said, I'm not a big reader, but uh, it's not a lot. should be an easy read from what I've read. It's uh, written like you're you're talking to a friend. So that's uh, definitely something I can get, uh, get into. But um, yeah, where do we want to start here? We've got uh, a little bit of a downturn this week. We had about 3.3% taken out of the S&P 500 over the course of the week. And uh, some of that was from uh, the interest rate hikes that we saw from the Fed. You know, we got another 75 points. We were originally thinking we were going to get some sort of slowdown. The uh, The Fed ultimately said, you know, not yet. Don't don't expect that. We're going to do our job. We're going to get this inflation number down. And uh, we really don't want to see these numbers kind of keep creeping up. We want to keep our foot on the on the gas and really get the job done. So. Uh, that definitely took some wind out of the sails. And then uh, the other big thing was on Friday, we had the jobs report come out. And we were expecting uh, 195,000 jobs to be added uh, on that payroll basis. And we got 261,000 jobs added uh, for that that read. So that took our unemployment from what well, we were expecting, 3.6. October was a 3.5. Oh, no, September was a 3.5. October was a 3.7. So that number did go up a little bit. And then we had hourly earnings were expected to rise on a month-over-month basis of 0.3%. They came in at 0.4%, so a little bit hotter there. Uh, Year-over-year, we expected 4.7. We got 4.7. So that's uh, that was fine. Uh, labor force participation, how many people are actually out there looking for work? was a 62.3, dropped down to a 62.2. Doesn't sound like a lot, but when you go ahead and multiply those out over the the whole population of the country, that uh, that 0.1% is a big move. But um, yeah, so that being said, we we saw a little bit of a rally. We did end Friday in the green after posting up some red days the first four days. And I guess what this jobs report kind of showed us is it was a very lukewarm kind of reading. It wasn't enough to stop the Fed. It wasn't enough to really take anything in either direction, uh, plus or minus. But uh, it showed us that the unemployment is going up a little bit. The The labor force participation is coming down to less people out there looking for jobs. Uh, so it is kind of adding to what the, the Fed is doing. But uh, at the same time, those wages are still rising. So uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Ultimately, um, you know, when we were getting positive news a couple months back, 
in like the labor market, it was a uh, negative news on the stock market. We had that inverse relationship where, oh yeah, the, you know, we're adding people, they're getting paid more. That would be good for the economy, but it's bad for the market right now uh, as we're trying to fight inflation. So we knew that we were going to get more rate hikes. Now we're kind of coming in in line. And ultimately, I think we are going to get to that point where the Fed is going to have to slow down. That's just really what I'm seeing out there. And um, yeah, I, I guess we'll get there eventually. We're not uh, we're not there yet. The Fed, this like I said, this is not going to change their uh, their next read for what they're going to do with a, a rate hike. This is you know everything's still right on track with what they're doing. This is not game changing news. Ultimately, though, we're going to wait for that CPI and PPI before we get to the next uh, rate hike meeting. So we'll ultimately see what's going on there. Um, now, we had we had a couple big movers, though. We had China coming out and say there's a lot of speculation that they're going to relax a lot of the zero COVID poli uh, policies. And ultimately, uh, the Chinese markets really went into rally mode. Uh, on Friday, we had, um, let's take a look here. We had Neo go up about 17%. And we had Alibaba, Pinduo, Duo, uh, Baidu. We had a lot of big, big movers in the uh, the Chinese uh, stocks on uh, on Friday. So I think Neo was up about 17 and a half. Alibaba was up seven. PDD, uh, what do we got there? We've got 8.6% uh, up. And... Kind of on the other side of things, we had large tech in the U.S. kind of come down. Those were some of the biggest losers this week was uh, Amazon, Google, and Apple, I believe, were the, the big losers of the week on the, the uh, New York Stock Exchange. We had Apple down 11, Google down 10.2, Amazon down 12, Tesla down 9, and one that is not one of the largest stocks that ultimately really took it on the chin this week was uh, was DraftKings. They had a uh, better read than we expected on uh, earnings, but uh, pretty much their outlook was was really what hurt them on this one. We were looking for them to be uh, EBITDA positive uh, middle of next year. Now they're pushing that back out to quarter four of 23. So they're going to burn between another 600 and $700 million in order to get to that quarter four uh, positivity where they're actually making money. Now, that really kind of rubbed a lot of investors a long way. They've really been waiting for a long time to see this one really start making money. And uh, a lot of their costs and a lot of their acquisition is just so high. Uh, you know, sometimes they do different deals. Hey, you, you deposit 10 bucks, you get $100 free. Yes, you get the customer that way, but every time someone signs up, you're basically getting... $93 given to that customer in order to recruit them to be on your platform. So definitely an expensive way to market and get new customers in the door. Now, they do have a, a $1.4 billion in cash. So they've got the money to float this, but uh, it is just a longer runway ultimately to get to where they're trying to go. So for that reason, uh, DraftKings was down about 27.8% on Friday their worst one day loss in their history. I believe there was something about them not uh, renewing uh, some different agreements or trying to get into some different areas that's really proven to be problematic. I believe California was one of those areas. 
So I'd, I'd have to take a look further into that right now. But um, yeah, so that one's definitely painful. It, uh, hopefully, we'll see some sort of bottoming out. And uh, if we do, I think this could be a good turnaround play for that positive quarter Q423, if that's what's going to happen. They've really tried to nail down these numbers and really give a good guide as to when they see some positive earnings. So we could maybe play that one for a bounce. But right now it's uh, it's painful, kind of the same way that the uh, the Chinese stocks have been. Yes, Neo's up at 17 percent that I told you. But uh, if you've been in this one for a while, it's still remarkably painful to uh, to see this one. You know, a year ago this time we were up near 40 bucks, uh, 44.27 last November on the 8th. And now when this one's going to be coming out the following November 7th, we're going to be probably in the 1170 range. And uh, that's uh, definitely a big haircut that we, you know, we really didn't want to see. Granted, you know, if you got in on October 24th, you're up, you know, probably 20% in that time frame. But um, really not one that has been treating us well over the long term. One that I said I would probably stay away from. Uh, from the standpoint of the Chinese government. Uh, yes, I am in this one. It's been a rough ride. And uh, I probably should have set up some better stop losses and really to protect myself in this one. But um, I did not. So learn from my mistakes. Do a little bit better than what I did. Hopefully, I can remember to tell myself to do that next time so I don't get burnt uh, in some of these names. I still think it's a great company. I still think they make uh, some some great points in a lot of the things that they do. But um, overall, it's just not one that I am really want to advocate you buying. If you don't know what you're doing with it, just be very mindful as to what's going on. Now, with that being said, there are nine analysts that have an upside price of uh, 151% higher. And that average price target right now is $29.31. So there's definitely some upside there. But uh, again, we really don't know what these... China policies are going to do if they're going to lock down more things, if they're going to make it harder uh, for the American investor to get in on these names. So really just one that you have to be uh, very, very strict with. You really have to have a plan for this one and you really want to have those stop losses in place. And uh, if it's a trade for you, if it does go up to 20 bucks and that's where you want to cut and run, I completely get that too. If it's a trade for you, understand that that's where you're entering and that's what you want to do with it. But um, you really got to be mindful when you're getting into a lot of those Chinese stocks. And um, right now, it's just it's just really tough to navigate what's going on over there and ultimately where you want to be. And uh, I, def I definitely think that there are better spots to be putting your money right now that uh, would be a little bit safer. Um, maybe not have that uh, predicted upside of that extent, but uh, certainly have a lot more stability and definitely don't have that ties to the Chinese government that is just really, really tough to navigate. So uh, with that being said, um, actually, no, I'll, I'll do one more thing. We, because uh, I'm talking about China and some of the, uh, the China deliveries on Tesla's uh, has slowed down as well. When I was looking at uh, Neo. I was looking at uh, some deliveries and problems in the supply chain uh, with Tesla. And what was it? Let's pull that up. Tesla chip, Tesla's China shipments fall as price cuts in COVID create problems. Uh, so this article from uh, Dow Jones, 
is saying that uh, 71,700 vehicles were shipped from the Shanghai plant this past month for Tesla. And that is up over uh, 14% from the previous October, but uh, also down from September, uh, 14% from that record of 83,135 vehicles. So we're coming down. There are some problems. They've identified these problems. And they also kind of go on to say that the quarter or the last month of the quarter is typically their highest uh, for production. So it is a record high for a new quarter, but it is off of that previous month. So understand that there are some problems. Uh, they're saying that the numbers look okay. The Tesla stock was flat. Now, again, you also had with this bad news, you also had the good news that the COVID lockdowns in China could be uh, less or more relaxed going forward. So a little bit of bad, a little bit of good. Ultimately, I don't think it did too much to the stock on Friday. But um, overall, this past week, like I said, they were down about that 9%. So definitely something to take uh, take advantage of, possibly. So um, I know I'll be doing that. We'll be talking about uh, the results of the investing challenge when I come back. And uh, ultimately, I think we timed this one pretty good. So stick around in under, and uh, I guess under a minute, I'll be back and we'll talk about what we're going to be doing for the investing challenge. All right, let's dive back into what's going on over there on Facebook on the 22 Let It Grow Investing Challenge. And uh, I was a little bit wrong on this one. I was looking at Tesla like we were adding that tomorrow. I got my weeks mixed up. It's been a, been a long weekend, I guess. But uh, we had five stocks for week 45. Yes, we did add Tesla on this past Monday, week 44. And uh, it did fall a little bit. I was hoping we'd be able to buy a little bit more, but this one's fallen more than Tesla in the past week. And uh, in my opinion, it would be one that would be up for running again for uh, week 46, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, so for week 45, we had five names and uh, a couple that uh, I thought would be really good uh, for this time of year going into the holiday season. And uh, just some ones that I thought were a little bit uh, maybe left behind right now. So uh, the first one was Amazon, and that one, like I said, is down over 10% this past week, and uh, just a solid company that's uh, in a bit of a rough spot right now, which is the way the economy's going. Web services has slowed down a little bit. Ultimately, I still think they are one of the best operated companies out there, and uh, they just got a lot of people on that payroll and uh, ultimately have a lot of bills to pay when things slow down. They grew a little bit too fast. Inventory was coming up a little too high. And uh, ultimately, they've got to uh, kind of right some of those wrongs. It's a it's a big ship to turn around, but uh, I do think that they're going to get that right. Uh, number two was ServiceNow. We were talking about uh, a lot of these companies looking to save more money and kind of do everything all in one place. And ServiceNow is going to be a company that will help uh, pretty much all size companies do that a bit better. Uh, so that was number two, ServiceNow. Number three was NVIDIA, ticker NVDA. You know this one sold off on a lot of the different chip concerns out there, uh, whether it's personal computers or gaming or crypto, uh, AI, autonomous, all that fun stuff. Uh, NVIDIA chips are going into a lot of those devices. So I thought uh, NVIDIA might be a good one to, to pick up while a lot of those industries are a bit slower. And uh, yeah, that one is still one that is on my personal shopping list. I'm still looking to add that as well. 
Uh, number four, uh, another payment company, Visa. The ticker is V. We were looking to possibly add Visa into the mix uh, for a lot of that uh, recession fears and holiday shopping, spending, and uh, just a, a great company with high margins. And it's a, it's a very well-managed company as well. Their, uh, their costs are a lot lower, so their margins are a lot higher. And uh, they don't have to carry the inventory either, so they don't have that fear. Uh, and then the fifth one, you've got uh, Bitcoin. I was looking for the, the big cryptos. They've been holding up really well. And, uh, you know, I, I saw that uh, Ethereum and Bitcoin were really moving up higher. I'm going to try to pull up my crypto.com app. And while I do that, I guess I'll just remind you, I do have links in the description to get you started. If you're looking to start an account or brokerage or retirement, whatever it is, I've got a link for you to get you going. Uh, E-Trade, crypto.com, Binance, and Webull. Webull's where we're doing the 22 investing challenge. You can buy fractional shares over there. It's a little bit easier to get a regular amount of money in every week. And uh, for that reason, that's why we're doing the uh, the investing challenge on Webull, not uh, E-Trade. Uh, plus, you can buy crypto on there, which is helpful. Um, so Ethereum was at 16.28 right now as I'm recording at 4.15. And it feels like it's about 7 o'clock at night after daylight savings. So um, yeah, that's uh, kind of depressing. But uh, over the past month, how's Ethereum looking? Up 21%. Pretty solid move, especially that that is my largest crypto holding. Uh, so I was thinking maybe we'd add that. Uh, but I thought a lot of that was already kind of growing. I was thinking maybe Bitcoin's going to kind of have some pin action off of Ethereum and move up higher. And uh, it has moved up higher. But uh, in the last month, it has only gone up 8%. So I thought, uh, you know, maybe we'd add Bitcoin to week 45 in order to get uh, a little bit of run up in that Bitcoin action going uh, above 21,000 and hopefully staying there this time. Uh, but uh, the I guess the, the audience has spoken and we're going to be buying Amazon tomorrow or today as you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for voting. So please get over there and continue to vote. And for this week on week 46, it gets remarkably harder to find stocks for you guys that we haven't done in the past couple weeks or that we've already added to a couple times. Maybe that's just kind of where my bias lies. Maybe that's just um, some names that I really want to add. And I think when I was putting this list together for this week, I thought, you know, four companies that I'm really actually I'll throw I'll throw a fifth one in there because I just said it from this week's investing challenge would be that I really want to add to is Amazon, Qualcomm, Google, Tesla, NVIDIA. I think they have sold off a little too much. I don't think that they're going to stay down there. Um, you know, like I said, with Amazon, that one's too low. The chip space, Qualcomm, NVIDIA getting pummeled. Um, Qualcomm's under a 10 times earnings uh, PE. Uh, so that one's definitely cheap. NVIDIA is getting pretty cheap as far as I'm concerned. Google is down there on the PE basis. And Tesla, you know, you've had that one trade off of uh, a lot of the Elon stuff. Maybe spending a little bit more time with Twitter right now. He's still, uh, you know, very active in, in Tesla. And he's also had a lot of that sell side pressure on uh, buying Twitter. He had to sell a lot of the Tesla stock in order to do that. So that one definitely hurt. Uh, some of this China talk definitely hurt too. But uh, I'm still looking to buy these. You, you know, you've got Google down at 86.50. 
that just doesn't make sense. Uh, snapshot here says the PE is at a 16. When is the last time you saw a PE on Google at 16? That is just unheard of. Beta is at a 1.3. Uh, analyst research is 49.8% higher on Google. That is a, a screaming buy to me. So I would be adding these in my personal account. That's what I'm looking to do. But seeing that we've had uh, Amazon this week, we had Tesla last week, Qualcomm won a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't want to keep doing the same stocks for you guys. So um, please go ahead and uh, you know definitely give me a like and subscribe for the fact that I'm putting in a lot of time on uh, trying to find some stocks that work and really might be getting not enough attention. Everyone has heard of Amazon, Google, Tesla. You know, those are those are obvious. Um, now, a couple of these are still going to be obvious and we've covered them here. I know that I uh, tend to stick in my wheelhouse of stocks that I know, companies that I follow. I'm not going to know everything about every company. I don't have enough time to follow every possible company. Um, I even had a thought this week of what if we did a triple leveraged Chinese um, ETF and that one was Yin, Y-I-N-N. It's down 86% over the past year. It's moving up now. We're about 16 or 17% up in the last five days on some of that relaxed COVID news. Um, I'm thinking that could still have some room to run, but I just told you I don't really want to see everyone getting hurt in buying Chinese stocks. Uh, so I don't really want to go out and say that. Maybe I'll go and do it in mine. You know, the 200 bucks. Uh, if it's a, a throw 200 bucks at it and see where it lands, um, it could definitely have a solid run. But that is certainly one that is playing with fire. Anytime you're playing with any kind of leverage name, things can go crazy quick and you can lose a lot. So that might not be one that I want to really promote out to people. But uh, it is something that even crossed my mind of, hey, maybe we could trade this one. But this isn't a trading account. This isn't really a trading podcast. It's just something that I was thinking might have a solid leg to run on. But um, so with that long-winded sidebar of what I'd be buying, what I was thinking about, number one for this week is going to be SoFi. And for a lot of different reasons. Uh, we just had that quarterly report. I just told you about that one. They beat on that EPS. It's still a negative. Uh, they beat on the revenues and they beat big on the revenues. They were up uh, $89 million on revenues on a $330 million uh, expected revenue. So that was massive. Uh, they have been trading, you know, in that 5 to $7 range. It's been painful. Um, now, why? They, a lot of their business is in personal lending and uh, student loans. And with uh, student loans having being deferred, and then ultimately we've got the uh, student loan forgiveness, that has been a very big problem. But ultimately, they are adding users left and right. They've got 424,000 new users in this quarter, I believe it was, 60 up 61%. They've got 4.7 million users right now. Their revenues continue to grow. Their users continue to grow. Their prospects continue to grow. The amount of pr uh, products that each user is using continues to grow. They have a lot of good things. They've had a lot of problems. Not necessarily right their fault um, with some of the problems with COVID and people not paying their student loans and them ultimately not, ultimately not generating revenue off of that has been painful. 
So yes, a lot of the, they do have a negative EPS. I do think that's going to turn around. Yes, they do have uh, enough cash in order to survive this downturn. I think they're in a great spot. They got that charter for uh, their banking license. They've got a lot of good things going that haven't materialized yet. So I do think that they have a bright future ahead of themselves. It's just a matter of when. And that uh, is generally the, the problem with getting into any growth stock is how long can they survive a recession or downturn, this, that, the other. But um, in the last three months, 12 analysts have said uh, that this one's got about a 52% upside. And I think we have seen this one kind of find this bottom around this $5 range several times if you look at a chart. And uh, I do think that we've got a good base kind of cooked in for that bottom kind of dip buying. And hopefully we can start going up from here as uh, things kind of revert back to a normal of them collecting um, a lot of these student loan payments and doing some more lending and having some more things going on out there. Yes, it's a, it's a tougher environment for lending, but uh, I do think that they have a growing audience that are looking to take on more of their products. Uh, so for number one, like I said, that name this week is SoFi. S-O-F-I is the ticker. Uh, so number two, uh, we talked about them this last episode also, and this is not one that you're, uh, not gonna not know you will know it. And they do have some other things going on. Yes. There's some problems with recession fears, but this number two stock is Disney. The ticker is D I S. And why am I adding this one? Um, I kind of had to add my, ask myself that one also. Um, I do think that they have a bright future. I think that they've had a lot of problems with management. They've had some problems with the parks, with COVID, this, this that, the other. Disney Plus continues to grow. They're adding that new test app to where they can sell those products right through Disney Plus, limited edition memorabilia, merchandise. And I think that's a great idea. I think they can push more product that's going to be higher margin right through their app. They don't have to have the store. They can have all the, you know, software do pretty much all the ordering delivering and they don't have to have the the storefront in order to do it they're going to draw more people into the to the app they're going to draw more sales from the app uh so even having that uh the tiered pricing model to where you have the advertised model as well you're going to get advertising dollars you're going to get merchandise dollars the margins are going to be higher and ultimately, I think this one has just sold off too much on a lot of the different fears of uh, some political stuff that they were kind of getting into and some of the, the talk around it. They were kind of had some bad press there for a while. So the stock has sold off. We're down under $100 on Disney. I've told myself before this one gets under 100 bucks. I want to add uh, in the past three months, 16 analysts have given this one a 45% upside. The average price target right now is 144.64. So we've got a lot of upside on a massive name that has been oversold. It had a lot of headwinds. I think we're getting out of some of that and they're trying to find new ways to reinvent themselves. And I like that. Uh, the, what they're doing with Disney Plus is working and I hope to see it continue to work. So that is number two, Disney, D-I-S. Number three, um, we talked about this one earlier as well. Uh, and that ticker is going to be DKNG, DraftKings. 
Uh, I told you that they are burning some cash. I told you they are going to spend another six to seven hundred million before they see a positive quarter on uh, earnings before interest, taxes, uh, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. That's that EBITDA number that everyone always talks about. And um, yeah, they've got one point four billion sitting ready to survive this downturn. So being down twenty seven point eight percent on Friday is awful. But uh, at some point, you have to find a bottom. And ultimately, I think we are getting there on DraftKings. They're adding more uh, customers. They're getting more people on their platform. More states are legalizing online gambling or uh, betting, sports betting. So we've got uh, those different uh, tailwinds that are going to help us. Granted, it's going to take them a little bit more time to make the money that they were looking to make. But uh, I do think that this one has a uh, has a bright future. We're just not in the future yet. So I'm trying to buy this one on this dip. I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that it went down 28%. Hopefully by Wednesday, Thursday, it starts to uh, kind of stabilize and we kind of get a base in before we go to buy it if we buy this one next week. Uh, so that's kind of my thesis there. It's a rough time for them. But uh, ultimately, they do have a path to profitability. It's just a longer road than what they thought. And uh, they're still going to have plenty of money left in the bank when they get to that point, if it's Q4 23, like they are projecting. Uh, so with that being said, 17 analysts have a average price target on this one of 2275 for 101% of upside and uh, that sounds pretty good to me if we can go ahead and double up within 12 months. Um, I'm not sure that it's going to happen, but uh, these analysts seem to think that there's a, a lot of great movement to be had in this one going forward. Uh, so number four. Now, this one, I'm thinking it's holiday season. Who is uh, delivering all these, these presents to your door anyhow? UPS. That was my thought here. FedEx had a lot of problems. UPS's quarter looked a lot better. And uh, I kind of want to take a advantage in the fact that it was going down. I've seen this one run up to uh, the holiday season, Christmas, uh, every year that I've been investing. Every time this one rolls up into the holiday season. So currently it's trading at a 12.8 PE. Pretty cheap. It's got a 3.71% dividend with it. Uh, it's going to go X dividend uh, in what, four days. So we might miss this dividend here, but um, we ultimately could see this one run up going into the holiday season. It's at $165 now. It's got uh, an upside of about 14% for an average price target of $189.47. And just a stock that I think you can hold for a long term. It's been a premium operator with better management, and uh, they're very reliable. As far as what I've had my experience with them, they've been a very reliable company. Uh, so number four, UPS, United Parcel Service. Number five, and this one was kind of a, uh, where do we want to go with this, this number five pick? And this one was something that I said I'd buy back in the 70 price range. When we were looking at how far it fell, and I think it got down into the 60s, 
And I said, if it gets back down to that point, I want to go ahead and add some more. It did get down to 67.58. That name is PayPal, P-Y-P-L. And this one ran back up to that 90, probably, eh, let's check this chart, probably more like uh, 99 on August 18th. And around that time, I said, if it drops back down into that $70 range, I want to go ahead and add some. And I think that it's got a lot of growth left in it. It is still a heavy growth company. Venmo has been working. They're doing a lot more with crypto. They're doing a lot more with uh, having people spend right from their website. You can get a link to get a discount at some other retailers by signing in through PayPal, clicking that link. You get cash back, similar to eBay to Rakuten. But now you can also have your savings account over at PayPal also. So you can buy uh, crypto you can spend your money, you can have your, your friends pay you, you can pay your friends. So it's got a lot of different aspects to it. They're adding a lot more products and uh, I think they're gonna have more people on the app in the long term. Now, the uh, the price is currently sitting at 74.83. That was the after hours price on Friday. And uh, we've got 26 analysts on this one saying that the 12 month price target will be 109.92. So you got 46% of upside. And uh, I definitely think we can get there. You get uh, a couple things going in their direction, uh, a couple good quarters, some of this bad news that uh, has been happening with uh recession and things like that kind of, you know, kind of fade out. Uh I think that PayPal could be uh, you know, seeing some real gains going forward off of a lot of this different news. So a lot of the the hard times, I think they're getting through them, and ultimately, hopefully, they're going to start seeing some uh, some movement higher. And uh, I want to be there when this one does that. So number five is uh, PayPal, P Y P L. So with that being said, that's what I got for you guys today. Please get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in for one of these five stocks, and uh, hopefully, I brought you some great value. If you could, uh, you know, show me some love by uh, giving me a, a share or subscribe. And uh, send me to, to some other people that listen to uh, investing podcasts. I'd really appreciate that as well. So with that being said, thank you guys for stopping by. And I will see you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.